Well, welcome here to the uh, Holy Thursday, the evening of the Lord's Supper. And uh, this day is a great day. It's a great day of celebration. There's a lot of historical context uh, to this Mass. It's the first, uh, it's the beginning of the priesthood. It's the birth of the priesthood in Jesus Christ, um, where the first Mass is celebrated, which is another thing. So the first Mass is ever celebrated 2,000 years ago, roundabout, when Jesus Christ himself celebrated that first Mass. That was the first time what looked to be bread became Jesus himself. And it so happened to be in the presence of Jesus himself. Jesus was there, and he said those words. And the amazing thing about it, so he's God. God, and he's the Almighty, the all-powerful one. So all he's got to say, and so it is. He just says the word, and whatever he says, so it is. It's just like in creation. He spoke, and it is. That's the power of God. Isn't that amazing? God just says it, and it is. It's the same thing that's true with confession. It's not the priest who says, I forgive you of your sins. It's Jesus Christ who says, I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father. That's Jesus, and so it is. It happens. Why? Because God said so. That's it. God said so, and so it is. Right? And so it's an amazing thing. So we have, we have that song, you know, our Protestant brothers and sisters have, I believe that Jesus loved me so because the Bible tells me so. It's, well, okay, that's the Bible, but it's Jesus. Jesus says so. Jesus says so it is. So our sins are forgiven whenever we go to confession. This is Jesus Christ right here on this altar because Jesus says it, not the priest. That's an amazing gift that God would come to us. And he comes to us week in and week out. And get this, day in and day out. That's an amazing thing. You know, um, a lot of people don't know, I've, I've, I've preached on this too, that um, um, the, uh, the Eucharist and, and actually the Our Father give us this day our daily bread do you know what you're talking about on that daily bread? That daily bread isn't like, oh, I'm, I, I just keep me from getting hungry. I, I don't want to starve. I don't want to have to starve to death. And, and a lot of people think that that's what they're actually talking about. No. What we're talking about is the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the daily bread. And actually, in the Greek, the translation in the Greek means super substantial. So, Give us this day this super substantial bread. That's actually, and that's what, you know, like, that's actually what we're saying. Give us that super substantial bread. What kind of super substantial bread? It's, well, it's because it's Jesus. It's not just bread. It's Jesus right here, right here coming to us, and he would choose to live within us. God would choose to come within us. And renew that holy and sacred temple of God. We think about our baptism. How we get forgiven of our sins and baptism. And we receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives within us. God would choose to live within us sinners. He would choose to do that. And the thing is, God didn't say, Oh, I'm going to give myself to you at baptism. And then after say, Oh my gosh, what did I do? 
You know, I remember that the first time I bought my first house, my only house I bought. You know, I bought my house, I built my house, and the day before I moved it, I'm like, what did I just do? Did I just get myself into trouble? Now I got these payments in my house I have to take care of, and I have to take care of this house. I'm like, what did I just do? Jesus doesn't have that. He doesn't have that with you. Even knowing, you see, when, when you were baptized, he knew every time you would go to confession. He knew every time throughout your life you would need to beg God for mercy, and he still said yes. And he still says yes today when he enters into your very body in Holy Communion. He would renew that holy and sacred temple of God. That's what Jesus Christ was talking about when he would become that wellspring of holiness welling up from within. It's the Eucharist that becomes that welling up from within to bring you joy and the peace and every consolation you would ever need. It is through the Eucharist. That is why it's, it's kind of funny. You know, Second Vatican Council says the Eucharist is the source and summit of our life. Of course it is. Because Jesus Christ constantly gives himself, renewing us and strengthening us. Being that super substantial bread that we would need. And don't we need it? Don't we need Jesus? And so Jesus Christ is a celebration today that Jesus Christ is beginning the church. It isn't, it, the birthday of the church doesn't happen until Pentecost, but now he's about to die. And he dies for the church. And he's teaching them how to celebrate the Mass. He's teaching them to celebrate the Mass that we would be fed. He didn't found a book. He founded a church. And the church, in her wisdom, because she has the gift of the Holy Spirit, founded the book. So therefore, by the very fact that we have a Bible, that Bible is proof that the Holy Spirit works through the church. The Bible is proof that the Holy Spirit works through the church. Who would deny this great book that the church gave us is not inspired by the Holy Spirit? Who would say that? Right? We have the Holy Spirit within us, living within us. And so what a great thing that God founds this church and he gives us something to do, right? What do we do by the very fact that he gave us the washing of the feet as an example is proof that he founded the church and not a book? Because the church, he did this as an example for the church to carry out, to serve one another. God calls us all as a church and as a body of Christ to serve one another, to love one another as he has loved us and how he has loved us. He was willing to take upon himself that heavy cross, climb Mount Calvary in that labor. 
He didn't just passively suffer at our hands when we scourged him, when we crowned him with thorns and and mocked him. He was passively suffering in that sense. But then, after all of that happened, he chose to take up that cross and do the greatest service for us to win our salvation. He won for us through his labors. And so God calls us to labor for souls in need. He primarily and he first calls priests into service. And for those who have ears to hear, to answer that call to religious life, to dedicate their lives before God, to serve him, and to serve him living in others. And then he turns to you as faithful, as an ecclesial body, to serve one another, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. We're all called and we're all committed. And we're, we're all committed to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. We come here and we worship him in this act of service to him. He get it. Amazing thing. He calls worship of him a service to him. We're the ones who serve in worship. <laughs> the character of God and the goodness of God. We think about his holiness. What is worship? Worship is a virtue. It's a virtue of justice. Did you know that? Virtue is a... Worship is a virtue of justice where we give God what we owe him. We owe God our worship. And what has God done with our worship for him? He in turn comes to us. He chooses to come within our bodies at Holy Communion. And he gives us his grace. Our worship to him becomes a gift to us. Such is the generosity and the magnanimity of God. The magnanimity of Jesus Christ as he carried that cross and was willing to suffer and die for our sakes. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it dawned on man what God has prepared for those who love him and those who are willing to serve him. And so God gave us this night also as a reminder that we are here and we're called not to be served, but to serve. And it is interesting that God would put it in our souls that when we serve others, we would have joy. Isn't that what happens? When we learn to serve God, to go outside of ourselves and to serve him, God would bring us so much joy. It's a gift from God that we would exhaust ourselves for the salvation of souls. Because when we're serving others, when we're washing feet, when we're taking care of the poor, it's not about people. That's nice. But if you're just serving 
people because you like people. That's great. What are you going to do when they offend you, when they take advantage of you? Are you still going to serve them? Probably not. I have a hard time doing it. But when I do it for Jesus Christ, there's the steadfastness and faith. There's where we get the strength to serve him, to serve him in each other, to serve him in even people who are oblivious to faith. Because we're not called to just simply preach to the choir or to serve the choir. We're called to serve even those who would despise us, those who would ridicule us. It makes me think of Mother Teresa's sisters, how she served so many people and people who even despised them. She would serve at their bedside and their sisters would serve at their bedside while they would be cursing them. How many of us would do that? That's hard. Those are soldiers for Christ. Man, that's real. And that's a real faith. And that's our church. And that's what God calls us to. And so I am, with that, I invite all those who will be having their feet washed. I don't know how many people we got coming up, but, um, but uh, for those who are uh, uh, getting their feet washed to come up and reminding ourselves that um, myself as a priest, I'm being an example for you uh, to serve others. Um, I might not be the perfect example, but I know Jesus is. And it's Jesus, the high priest. And then we do our best. We, in turn, we go out. We don't hide our faith in these four walls. We go out. We go out and bring the good news to others.